Hey, welcome today to the Revival Way podcast. I am your host, evangelist, Taylor Michael. Today we're going to pump you up full of the Word of God to get you delivered out of any work of the enemy and to get you empowered and activated to go out and build the kingdom of God with full faith and no hindrance in the mighty name of Jesus. Enjoy. Welcome everybody back on the Revival Way podcast today. So the topic that I'm going to be discussing today is who is the Holy Spirit? Now, I've shared this message a number of times, uh, both on YouTube, on my Instagram, and a couple of other platforms. And this is a topic that I'm extremely passionate about because I can't help but notice that the modern day church in general, I'll say, from what I've seen as an outsider looking in. Now, remember, anyone that doesn't know my story I spent the first 20 years of my life being an atheist. So I looked inside to the church from the outside for a lot of years. And I never heard anybody really preach in depth who the Holy Spirit is. Now I had heard of the Holy Spirit and what it was, but I'd never heard of him discussed as a man. And that's the thing. So we know it's it's the Holy Trinity. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. What that means is that the Holy Spirit is just as much God as the Father, and just as much God as Jesus Christ. It is God. He is God, the Holy Spirit. It's the manifest presence of God. And now why this is so important is because I got baptized on September 29th, 2017. And when I was baptized, my life didn't radically change. And there was a moment when it did radically change, but it wasn't until about a year down the road. See, now when I got baptized in water, otherwise known as John's baptism, a baptism of repentance, I had decided that I wanted to start seeking Jesus, but I had no power to do it. See, now in Acts, the first chapter, we'll go over this in a little bit, verse 8, Jesus told the disciples that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will give you power. And this power is crucial because it'll walk you out of sin. Now, there's some people that you'll hear that will bring up topics like, oh, yeah, the Holy Spirit's just the, the little voice inside of you or, or the things that happened in the Bible don't happen today. Do not listen to that. God was the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he's the same tomorrow. He's the same forevermore. God does not change. And he is not a man that he should lie. His word is true. So let's talk about who is the Holy Spirit. Get your Bibles. If you're a note taker, pull out your notebook and go to Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. We're going to start here because this is one of the first times in the New Testament that we really see the Holy Spirit enter the picture. Luke chapter 3 verse 21. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. Verse 22, And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. Now I want you to pay very close attention here. Obviously we see Jesus is being baptized right now. Verse 22, pay attention to this. This is deep. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form 
like a dove upon him. The Holy Spirit is not a dove. I couldn't tell you how many times I've heard that or even when, when, I, when I was uneducated, I was ignorant. I mean, you see the Holy Spirit or you see a dove and you think automatically Holy Spirit. What the context was here was that the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove, peacefully. Not that the Holy Spirit is a dove. But check this out. This is where it gets very important. It says, the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form. What has a body? You have a body. I have a body. It descended. He descended in a bodily form. So we know the Holy Spirit has a body. Okay, great. We know that the Holy Spirit is a body. Let's start there. Go to John, the very next book, the 14th chapter. So we just learned in Luke chapter 3, starting in verse 21, the Holy Spirit has a body. The reason this is important is because we are going to learn today who the Holy Spirit is. And when you get to know who he is, then you will witness what he does. So often we hear Christians in the church talk about what the Holy Spirit does. When he comes, you will be endued with power. You will speak in other tongues. You will speak in prophecies. You will uh, get words of knowledge. Uh, you will manifest healings, miracles. You will work in all the spiritual gifts. You will prophesy all of these things, which are great. And they are all of the same spirit. However, if we don't take time to get to know who he is, we will not get to see what he does. And what the Holy Spirit does is he empowers us in our ministry. He empowers us first out of sin and then in our ministry. So John chapter 14. Starting in verse 15, Jesus promises another helper. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So this is very jam-packed full of information. I want you to hear this. Take notes. First thing, if you love Jesus, we keep his commandments. It's just another way of saying walk in holiness. What were Jesus' commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. You love God and by loving God, you, you, you learn how to love yourself. And then by loving yourself, you learn how to love your neighbor. But do not forget, when you know your identity in Jesus Christ, you can love yourself the way that God loves you. And then through that abundance of love, you can love your neighbor. When we love Jesus, we keep the commandments. And when we keep his commandments, we walk in holiness. We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now hear this. Verse 17. Here, we'll start verse 16. And Jesus says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. So Jesus calls the Holy Spirit a he. He uses the pronoun he here because the Holy Spirit is a person. He's a person. He's the third person of the Godhead. And why is he here? To be the helper in verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him so they don't have faith for it or knows him. 
But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So here's another very important thing. It takes faith to receive the Holy Spirit. The world cannot receive him because the world does not see him. We do not walk by sight, but we walk by faith, right? Second Corinthians chapter five. No, I, I'm sorry. What is it? Yeah. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven, I believe. We walk by faith, not by sight. Therefore, when we walk by faith, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in accordance with holiness as well. So Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as he, a him. He is the third part of the Trinity. Now check this out. He says, for he dwells with you. So the Holy Spirit was with them, among them, and he will be in you. So the Holy Spirit, there's three activations of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit around us the Holy Spirit in us, and soon we will find out about the Holy Spirit upon us. Now for you today, I want you to be made very aware that the Holy Spirit is around you. And if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is in you. If not, you'll have an opportunity at the end of this podcast to do that. But I want you to understand, this is crucial. Holiness and faith turns into the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let's hop over one more chapter. John chapter 15. Verse 26. But when the Helper comes, the Holy Spirit, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. So why is the Holy Spirit here? To testify of Jesus Christ through the empowerment to walk out of sin, and through signs and wonders. Verse 27, And you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. So the Holy Spirit comes to empower us to witness of Jesus. Now one more chapter over, John chapter 16, verse 5. But now I go away to be with him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to be with my father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Hallelujah. Say, the ruler of this world, the devil has been judged. The devil will not touch your family. The devil will no longer touch your life. The devil will no longer have a say in how you serve God and whether or not you do. Today, we kick the devil out and the Holy Spirit is going to come and empower your life, consume your life, and activate your life to go walk in your calling and the destiny that God has given you. If you agree, say amen. Verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. I want you to say that. The spirit, the Holy Spirit guides me into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. I want you to say, the Holy Spirit 
takes what is Jesus's and declares it to me. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. I want you to say all things that are God's are mine. Believe that in your heart and speak it with your mouth. Why? Because Hebrews 11 in verse 1 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We can't see what belongs to Jesus. All that the Father has belongs to Jesus. And all that Jesus has belongs to us us by the spirit of adoption. But we can't see that now, but we believe it and by faith we receive it, including the Holy Spirit. So what did we just learn right there? The Holy Spirit does not speak on his own authority, but he comes to speak what the Father says. Why? Because what the Father says and what the Father does, Jesus says and Jesus does. What did Jesus say? Have you been with me so long and you do not know if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's what he told the disciples, right? Jesus only did what the Father did. Jesus only said what the Father said. And it's the same way with the Holy Spirit. They work in a perfect three-in-one harmony. Praise God. And he's the Spirit of truth who will come to lead you into all truth. So what have we learned so far? Hopefully you're taking notes. This is a lot of information. We've learned number one, Luke chapter three, the Holy Spirit has a body. If he has a body... We go over to John chapter 14 and we see that Jesus says he's a man. He's the third part of the Trinity, the third person of the Godhead. So we know he's a man. He's the helper, the spirit of truth. Chapter 15 says that he came to bear witness of Jesus, to testify of Jesus. And then in chapter 16, we see the works of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Says that the Holy Spirit will come to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So the Holy Spirit inside of us, the Holy Spirit around is what is, uh, it empowers the church. I'll just put it that way. The Holy Spirit in us convicts us. So when we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, we accept Jesus. Like I said in John 14, Jesus said, He's been among you. Soon He will be in you. So when we accept the Holy Spirit into our heart, his spirit becomes one with our spirit and he begins to shape us and conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. Then all of a sudden, the things that used to be wrong, the addictions, uh, the lust of the eyes, the obsession with money, the drunkenness, all of these things that we used to so easily fall into, the Holy Spirit empowers us to walk out of them. And there's so many things. I mean, the devil, the devil is very good at captivating younger people. When we're young, the devil makes things very enticing, especially in puberty for young men. Sexual immorality runs rampant among high schools, among colleges, and even in some middle schools. And women are so easily persuaded by it because that's how they receive love. They think that love is by, by physical attention. And it's just this whole... This or well, well, men will give younger men will give women and older men will give women emotional attention in return for physical attention. And that's the worldly way of swapping love. So girls will give physical or sexual morality to men in order to receive an emotional love. 
And men will give emotional love in order to receive physical love from women. And that's how the world sees love. But when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, He delivers us out of that. He delivers us out of lustfully thinking about one another. Out of abusing each other's bodies. Out of abusing each other's emotions. The Holy Spirit comes in and conforms us to the image of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, let's hop on over now to the book of Acts. Acts, the first first chapter. These are the final words that Jesus says to the apostles before he ascends into heaven. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now here's the thing. It's not that the churches have completely eliminated the Holy Spirit. But they have watered him down. The teaching of him. So so it says in Romans, the 10th chapter, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you can only have faith to receive what has been preached to you by the word. So whatever your pastor, whatever your preacher, whoever it is that you listen to, Whatever's coming into your ears is what you will have faith for. But if he's not preached, if the Holy Spirit is not preached, we will not have faith to receive him. So we see back in in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 5, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So we know there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's two baptisms, one of water, That's John's baptism, according to the Bible. And being baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire, that's Jesus' baptism, according to John the Baptist in the Gospels. He said, I baptize with water for repentance, but the one after me, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie, he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. And then we see here in verse 8, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and then you will be witnesses to me. So we cannot be witnesses of Jesus appropriately, biblically, the way that we're called to be, until we've received the power from on high. So what does this power look like? Let's get into it. Go to 1 Corinthians Actually, let's go to Galatians chapter 5 first. Galatians chapter 5. Because it's very important to understand how the Holy Spirit works. He's a person. And today, I'm, I'm going to encourage you, after you listen to this message, find time. Make time. Don't even find time. Make time to get alone with God today. And when you get alone with Him, say, Holy Spirit, I apologize if I've ever used you for what you do. I repent and I want to know who you are. And when you pray that prayer, the Holy Spirit will come into your life and he will be your best friend. He will be fellowship. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to read something really quick to you to show you the depth of what this really is. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14 says Paul Paul ends this letter 
very particularly. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So that word communion means koinonia. It means fellowship. It means friendship. The friendship of the Holy Spirit. He's your friend. He's come here to be your helper, to be your guider, to be the spirit of all truth. And I promise you today, your life is going to change forever. You are going to have a supernatural encounter with the Holy Spirit. You're going to invite him into your life. Listen to his voice and tell him that you want to surrender everything to him, that he may guide you. And he will. He will guide you. Galatians chapter 5. Starting in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit. This is a very important thing. I want you to understand the fruit of the Spirit. What this means is the personality, the characteristics, the evidence that the Holy Spirit is living inside of you is as follows. It says, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, there are nine fruits of the Spirit. And these are the characteristics. These, This is the personality that you will begin to form into. These are the characteristics that you will begin to shape when the Holy Spirit comes into your life because He will transform you into the image of Christ. And it's the most powerful thing. Like We need the Holy Spirit. We need Him. This is a non-negotiable. We need fellowship with Him. We need to know who He is. And when we know who He is, we will know how He does what He does and when He does it. But it is about that koinonia, that fellowship, getting to know Him, getting to know the Spirit of God. I remember in my life, I mean, it wasn't too long ago, that I was still living in sin. I got baptized in September 2017, September 29th, 2017. And uh, my life didn't change drastically. But a year later, uh, a year and a half later almost, back in 2019, January of 2019, I believe, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I finally learned who and what the Holy Spirit really consisted of. And when I learned who he was, it wasn't even on a very deep level. I just, I knew that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was a thing. I knew that it was a gift from God. Let me, let me show that to you too. Acts chapter two, verse 34 or verse 38. I'm sorry. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So when we get baptized and we give our life to Jesus, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit on account of living a righteous lifestyle, of choosing holiness, of drawing a line in the sand and turning away from sin. For me, my first year of being a Christian, I didn't turn away from sin, not completely. Now, the Holy Spirit came to live inside of me and there was a lot of junk to clean up. So he did a phenomenal job and he still does a great job every single day. But when he came to live inside of me, he became one with my spirit. 
And I remember uh, I would mess up and I would have conviction in my heart. In my spirit, I would know that what I'm doing is wrong. And the Holy Spirit would convict me of these things. That's what it said, right? In the book of John, he convicts the world of sin and of righteousness. So when he would convict me of sin, I would slowly but surely start to obey. And I would walk out of sin. All of a sudden, I wasn't going to parties anymore. All of a sudden, I wasn't, I didn't have this, this, this eagerness to do sexual things with women before marriage anymore. I was changing slowly, but surely. And then a year later, when I actually got baptized in the Holy Spirit, it was like everything changed. The Holy Spirit fell upon me in a way I could never explain. I spoke in a heavenly language and I began to prophesy as well later on down the road. The Lord, it was like a fire burning in my belly. And then like tongues of fire came out at a worship event on a Monday night. And when that happened, my life was never the same. I ended up uh, getting out of a relationship. It was a very toxic relationship. Ended up getting out of this toxic relationship where I was compromising with this, with this woman. And, and I, I stopped partying. I turned away from all this stuff. And just so you guys know, I mean, it's not, I was not perfect. I'm still not perfect. But I don't make sin a part of my everyday life. And so even though I was still walking out of the world, I was walking out of sin, the Holy Spirit was still doing a work in me. I knew the difference between right and wrong. And the Holy Spirit is what gave me the power to be delivered out of addiction. I mean, I was drinking all the time. I was addicted to painkillers. I was addicted to Adderall. I was addicted to nicotine. I was addicted to uh, pornography. Like I had all of these nasty spirits stuck to me. When the Holy Spirit came in, he cleaned the house. When the Holy Spirit came upon me, he wiped my house clean. Delivered me of pornography. Delivered me of drinking. Delivered me of drugs. Delivered me of nicotine. All of this stuff. Pornography, all of it. The Holy Spirit gave me the power to walk out of that sin in my life. And as we walk out of sin, James chapter 4, verse 7 and verse 8 declares this very clearly. James 4, 7 says, resist the devil... Or resist sin and it will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So as we resist sin, as we resist the devil and we draw near to God. So as we walk in righteousness, in holiness, in godliness, holy and set apart like it talks about in 1 Peter. As we walk that lifestyle, we draw closer to God. And when we draw closer to God, we become more like him. We get to know more of who he is. We get to see him move in power in our life. And then that is when the power of the Holy Spirit truly starts to manifest in our lives. Now, what's the power of the Holy Spirit? The power of the Holy Spirit is one, to deliver people of sin. Two, spiritual giftings. Now, turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse one. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. 
and there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. So Paul here is saying there's multiple spiritual gifts, but anyone who has the Holy Spirit or confesses that Jesus is Lord, because they come one and the same, can work in these giftings. But these are all giftings that come from the same Spirit, and they are the same level of importance. They are all needed in the body of Christ. Verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So when the Spirit comes into our life and upon our life, it is for the profit of everybody. The Holy Spirit upon us is to help us deliver people from sin, get them born again, and get them plugged into their true identity as a child of God. That is why the Holy Spirit is upon us, to witness of Jesus, right? And that's what Jesus did. Jesus preached the word, teached the word, and then demonstrated the word. So that's what we do. We come in, we preach the word of God, we teach the word of God, and we demonstrate the word of God. Verse 8, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. For to one, these are the nine spiritual gifts, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all of these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So the Holy Spirit will give us the gifts and the measure of which we get those gifts as he wills. Therefore, as we, so here, we can hop over one more time. First Corinthians chapter 14. The very first verse. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So Paul calls us to pursue love. Number one, first thing that we should ever do is pursue love, but to pursue the spiritual gifts. And the word here is like an intense pursuing. How can I say? It's like coveting after the spiritual gifts. We should covet the spiritual gifts. We should want them so much that the Holy Spirit has to give them to us. Because we hunger for them. We hunger for them. But an important thing is, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul explains how working in the spiritual gifts is of no use if we don't do it in love. So if we don't prophesy in love, it doesn't benefit the body. If we don't receive words of knowledge in love, it doesn't benefit the body. If we don't lay hands on people and heal them in the name of Jesus, because Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is the one who does the healing, but we are the ones that lay the hands. When we lay hands, if we don't do it in love, then it is of no point. There is no use to it. God doesn't want us doing anything outside of love. It all needs to be done in love. But love and truth. Oftentimes, the truth is the best form of love you can give to somebody. But you can do it in a very loving way. Hallelujah. So, I want to share a story with you very quickly about two stories, actually. Two stories really quick about how the Holy Spirit has changed my life. 
when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there was a young man who came over to my apartment one day and I was really seeking words of knowledge. I was really seeking to press into the spiritual gifts. And when I was doing that, I, I, I didn't know who the Holy Spirit was. I knew what the Holy Spirit was, but I didn't think of him as a person. And so I was able to, to move in the giftings as he allowed me to, but I didn't really have communion or fellowship with him. But here's the thing. So this young man walks into my apartment one day and he's got a Mountain Dew can in his hand and he sits down on my couch and he comes over to talk to me about fitness and we're discussing fitness. But when he walked through my door, the Lord told me, spoke straight into my spirit. He struggles with alcoholism. His dad is an alcoholic. His parents were divorced, that he struggles with depression and anxiety, and he doesn't know how to get free from it. And I had never met this guy before, never met him in my life. So I didn't know how to bring this up to him. And anyway, I remember praying in my spirit and I said, God, if this is of you, I need a moment with him alone because I had another friend there. I didn't want to just drop these bombs in front of my other buddy. And all of a sudden, as I said that prayer, my buddy gets a phone call. And when he gets a phone call, he walks into the other room. And as he answers the call and he's in the other room, it's like these words just came out of my mouth. This kid was still on my couch. And I said, Hey man, I don't know what your relationship is like with the Lord, but he just told me that you struggle with alcoholism, that you have depression, that you have anxiety, that your dad was an alcoholic and it caused your parents to get a divorce. And you're scared that you're taking the same path. Does any of that resonate with you? And when those words came out of my mouth, again, I had never met this guy before in my life. But when those words came out of my mouth, his eyes teared up and he picked up this Mountain Dew can and he said, this is not Mountain Dew. This is straight vodka. I haven't, or I've been drinking straight vodka for the past two weeks now because I've had such bad anxiety and such bad depression. It's the only thing that helps me. He said, my depression has been so bad that my internal organs are attacking themselves. My body is killing itself. And he said, my dad struggled with alcoholism and it caused my parents to get a divorce. And I'm terrified that I'm going down the same path that he went down. And he cried in my apartment. I laid hands on him. We prayed for him. He gave his life to Jesus. And he came over the next night and dumped out all this alcohol in my bathroom. And that was crazy. Like that, that was a perfect moment of the Holy Spirit working the spiritual gifts in me. And that's what he'll do. The Holy Spirit will work through you to get people to come to the cross. However, when we get people to the cross, it's then our job to teach them about the Holy Spirit and take them to Pentecost. What was Pentecost? Acts chapter 2. Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit fell on the upper room. And that's when everybody spoke in tongues and prophesied. Now check this out. Acts chapter 19 and I'm going to close with this. Acts chapter 19, starting in verse 1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have, no, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people, 
that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. So it's possible to believe in God and not receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The only way you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit is by believing in the Holy Spirit. How do you believe in the Holy Spirit? How do you have faith to receive him into your life? He must be preached to you. So by you hearing all of this, today you have just received the opportunity to walk in the fullness of what God has for you. To walk in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And now that your faith is built up in that, you know that the Holy Spirit will come into your life. And those of you that have struggled with depression, those of you that have struggled with anxiety, those of you who felt like you had nowhere else to turn, today your life will change because you will receive the Holy Spirit into your life and he will deliver you of depression. He will deliver you of his anxiety. He will deliver you of these evil thoughts and this evil feeling that you have not been able to shake. He is a chain breaker. He's the helper, the guider, the comforter, the spirit of all truth. And he will come in today and he is going to set you free. You're going to get to know God on a totally different level than you ever have before. Hallelujah. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to pray with me. I'm going to pray for two, actually for one thing right now. We'll just do, we'll we'll knock it out. If there's anybody listening to this right now, that you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you cannot receive the gift of peace, love, joy, gentleness, faithfulness, selflessness, and self-control without believing in Jesus Christ. Because those are the gifts, those are the fruits that come with the Spirit of God. So if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ today, if you want to experience freedom, if you need deliverance in your life, if you're tired of being stuck in sin, of if you're tired of not being able to have a personal relationship, a deep relationship with God, today's your day to change that forever. And I want you to say this prayer with me. This is what we got to do. I want you to close your eyes, open your hands wherever you're at, and repeat this prayer with me. And the Holy Spirit is going to come into your life and change everything. Say, God, I believe in my heart. That you raised Jesus Christ from the dead. I confess with my mouth. Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. Father. Forgive me for every sin I've ever committed. I forgive anyone who's ever sinned against me. Father, today I repent. And I turn away from my sinful ways. I receive your grace and your forgiveness. Holy Spirit, I invite you into my life. I want to know who you are. Fill me with your presence. And baptize me in your power. Jesus, Today I draw a line in the sand. 
I turn away from sin forever. And I commit my life to you. I surrender everything to you. And make you the Lord of my life. In your most precious name. Amen. Amen. If you believed that with your heart and you said that with your mouth, hallelujah, praise God. I'm very proud of you. This is what you can do now. Number one, take time to get to know God. If you don't have a Bible, get a Bible. If you do have a Bible, start reading in the book of John. When you read in the book of John, it will show you the ways of love and the way to eternal life. After that, start reading in the book of Ephesians. You'll learn your identity. And then start to ask and seek the Lord through prayer and alone time with Him as you get to know the Holy Spirit. Lock yourself in your apartment. Get alone or in your room, wherever, in your closet. doesn't matter. Get alone with God. Pray to Him and pray to the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to me. I want to feel your presence. Speak to me and He will speak to you if you're listening. Hallelujah. I'm proud of all of you. Praise God. Praise God. So here's a couple things you can do now. You can go follow me on Instagram at taylin.michael as well as our ministry group. We are living loved on Instagram and we'll disciple you on Instagram at we are living loved. When you go there, we do daily teachings twice a day, every day except for Sunday. And we will walk you through the Bible. We will disciple you. We will help deliver you out of a sinful life and into the power of God. We take it very seriously. You can also visit our website at revivalway.com or wearelivingloved.org. And so I'm going to give people an opportunity right now. If you're listening to this and you've been impacted by any of my videos, any of my social media, or by this message today, and you feel led by the Spirit of God to help our ministry financially, I'll give you that opportunity right now. So our ministry has reached over 50 million people this year. We've seen over 5,000 people give their life to Jesus Christ. We're aiming for 10,000 before 2021. And we feed 300 starving children every single month in the country of Yemen. And... God is our source. I love God. God has helped us and provided for us every step of the way. And if God has put it on your heart that you would like to help us today in that, you can financially. You can do it on Venmo. You can do it on Cash App. You can do it on PayPal. Or you could go to RevivalWay.com and go click the link there and partner with us and become a monthly partner. We're believing God for a thousand people to join us every single month. So if you want to help us financially, you can go on Venmo at my name, Taylan, T-A-Y-L-A-N dash Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. That's my Venmo. Or you can go on Cash App at dollar sign, Taylan Michael, or PayPal at Evangelist Taylan, at gmail.com or you can go to www.revivalway.com click the link there and it'll take you to different ways that you can help us out today I want to read something to you really quick before I let you go what God feels about giving 
It's from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. See, a lot of people don't realize that the kingdom of God is like farming. You sow seed and you reap harvest based on the seed that you plant. Think about a farmer. When a farmer plants corn seed, he scatters seed. And when the seed grows, it produces more seed. But it produces a hundred times the harvest that he planted in the first place. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 says this. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So God loves someone who gives out of the joy in their heart. So if you've truly been impacted by what we do as a ministry, give with joy, but not only with joy, give with expectancy. Give God your best today. Say, God, I'm giving this in support of your kingdom to advance your kingdom. And I do it with expectation and joy in my heart. And when you give with expectation, God will bless you in return. Malachi chapter three says that when we give to God the tithes and offerings that he requires of us, he opens the windows of heaven on our life. And he blesses us so abundantly that we can't even fit it in our houses. That's literally what it says. Malachi chapter three, starting in verse 10. So if that's you today, do not sow sparingly. Make sure that when you give to the kingdom of God, you give God your best. And we thank you and we love you for all of your support out there and becoming monthly supporters with us. We love our monthly partners, the people that hop on board with us every single month to preach the gospel and to feed the hungry. We love you and God bless you. I'll see you on the next episode. See ya. Hey, welcome today to the Revival Way podcast. I am your host, evangelist, Taylor Michael. Today, we're going to pump you up full of the word of God to get you delivered out of any work of the enemy and to get you empowered and activated to go out and build the kingdom of God with full faith and no hindrance in the mighty name of Jesus. Enjoy.